That was fantastic. Are you with me this morning? Come on. A lot of good things happening uh, on your seat, uh, or maybe, maybe you sat in the wrong seat. I don't know. Uh, there is a uh, little card there, a little bookmark. I'll talk about this at the end of the service, but don't misplace it. And just so you know, we do have extras because we are entering in 21 days of prayer starting today. And on August 18th, August 18th, our first kind of community outreach as the school year begins. Um, August 18th, we'll be at Fairmount Park just down the road, and uh, we'll be handing out the 100 backpacks that we are all, come on now, listen, we are all committing to make happen, and uh, we're, we're a bit off our goal right now. We want to really commit to 100, and that's $25 per backpack, and that gives them everything they would need, and it's all for Daggett Middle School, which is just down the road here near Southside, and uh, uh, a large group of that, uh, uh, that school is uh, under the poverty line and, and not able to get what they need. And so I just, man, every street, every heart, right? And so let's, uh, let's do what we say. Uh, man, so good. Uh, we are starting a new series today called Multiply, but I do want to, I know he's not here, but I do want to give props to Matt Mullen, who shared his story last week. It was fantastic. Uh, still trying to get that online. We will, but it, man, I, I love that we have stories in this church that we haven't quite heard yet. I have, I've, Maybe even more than any message I've preached, I've heard a lot about last weekend. And um, so that's cool. But Matt Mullen, uh, the amount of people that it just kind of clicked. And I think that there's, it's easy sometimes to look at whoever's up here. I know Pastor Scott preached just a couple weeks ago. That was fantastic. Well, I heard a lot about that one too. Well, whatever. And um, so, uh, so, but I, I know that it's easy sometimes to go, man, the dude up here and the, the lady up here, whoever's up here sharing is it's supposed to say those things, but when you get a guy like Matt up here to share kind of the fears and the things that he's wrestled with and the, the things that he had to do to shift his thinking, um, which is so powerful, and we're going to do our best to continue to share more and more stories. Uh, we believe that um, there are more than just a few voices that are in this church that need to be heard, and what God wants to do in and through all of us is important. Um, I am going, as Steve is, although his is only like uh, 50 yards away, my wife is with our team team who is at the LA Dream Center at the moment. Um, actually, this morning, right now, they're at C3LA enjoying uh, Silver Lake Campus and hanging out there. Um, but they, she joined them last night. They've been there for a week. They've had an incredible time. Can't wait to share the stories. So if you don't know, we sent seven people. Well, we didn't send them. They made the sacrifice. Uh, they financially gave and invested to go serve. Isn't that a novel concept? And uh, missions is not something that gets talked about as much anymore. Uh, we as a church support uh, Feet That Move, which is a missions organization in Mexico that gives shoes and the gospel to people. Amen? And then, uh, and then Nick and uh, Balcom uh, there in Peru support him and his missions work, he and his wife. And, uh, and as well, we put this on the, tri uh, on the calendar. And I've already heard from them that we have to do it again next year. So we're going to do that again next year. I want to encourage you. I'd love to double the amount of people. I have 15 to 20 people going. And so start saving now. On top of, we got Presence Conference next year in August. So uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a good time. Um, and, you know, what's crazy is we're a part of a global movement of churches that have about 500 plus churches. By the year 2020, we want to plant 1,000 churches around the world. And, uh, and on Thursday night when they went to the service, because there's a church that hosts the Dream Center, uh, John Heinrichs from C3 San Diego was preaching. So that was kind of cool uh, that that all kind of connected. So be praying for them. This is kind of their last go, and then they're, they're flying back tonight outside of uh, uh, Meredith. 
Meredith and Amanda. They're staying there for a couple days, hanging out with the staff at C3LA and hanging out with the staff at Movement Church on Tuesday. So be praying that everything that they're going there to grow in and learn from would happen. And uh, pray for safe travels back tonight. I know Joel is shaking his head like, I need Mary. Um, come on home. And, uh, and so we should have all hung out. I mean, Kyle's by himself too, man. Like, what are we doing, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm super stoked because I've watched my sister-in-law jump in, and now she's been on the mission trip this week, and, and just watching what God's doing in the lives of people is, is really, really cool. Hey, I want you to turn to a book that I'm sure you read all the time, Deuteronomy. And um, Deuteronomy chapter 30, some of you will recognize the verse we're going to read this morning, but uh, it's a verse that really inspired us and spoke to us as we kind of replanted our church here in uh, Fort Worth uh, just over a year ago and has really uh, encouraged me over the year in different times. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I, you know, Meredith and I do experience good times and bad times like all people, and uh, we are all in this together. There are no perfect people in this church, and uh, we are really just after it together pursuing God. And, and this this verse and these verses, really all of uh, chapter 30, verse 11 uh, through 20, uh, really is kind of a section of scripture that's really encouraged me over the years. How many of you guys have some of those types of verses that you just always go back to? Anybody? And uh, it's good, man. It's good. Just keep reading your Bible till you find it, and then just don't ever let it go uh, until you know God's moving you on to the next thing. And so I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16, because it is, as uh, Steve spoke of, our front-footed cultural value, and, and really a value, it makes it sound really official. What it really just means is what we believe, what we want, what we desire, and, and really who we are, and how we behave. So this cultural value, what, the core value, the core to who we are, and so we have another core value that just says this, is that we want to live and multiply. And that comes out of this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16, I want to read it to you, and we're going to pray and we'll jump in. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God. I command you, I know some of you are like, wait, I thought I had the choice. You do, but he still commands you. Uh, I command you, how many of you have kids? You know the, the principle there. Uh, I command you to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. Isn't that interesting that his decrees and his commands and his regulations are different than even his ways. They are an outworking of his ways, his ways of humility and life and hope and love and faith and those things, the belief that drives our behavior. And so here he is going, love the Lord your God, keep all the commands and decrees by walking in his ways. If you do this, I love the Bible. So many times we make it about all the wrong things. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and possess. I love that God doesn't keep his blessing to his people, but that when his people enter a place, it should bless the place. Amen? We should not move to Fort Worth. We should not hang out in a neighborhood. We should not get a new job and not somehow, some way, maybe not the first day, but over the course of time have a vision that because we're here, this place is going to be blessed. That we would live and multiply. If you do this, you live and multiply. Other translations would say it simply, so that you will live and multiply. Let me pray over this. Lord, I thank you so much that your word is living and active. And even though it is, um, 
sometimes it's not always the easiest to understand, and there are things we got to figure out. I thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. So we do pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, that we would see things we've never seen before, that we would understand things we've never understood before. Everything that we need to forget, we would forget. Everything this dude on the stage says that is, is not right would be gone, and that we would hear the voice of God in our lives, because I believe that you have something to speak to us. And so I pray we'd receive it, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hands to what you want to do in our lives so that your glory uh, would be shown and that Jesus would be seen on every street and in every heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I don't know, anybody good at uh, maintenance? Just overall maintenance. Uh, maybe car maintenance. How many of you guys still confused no longer how long you've owned your car, what those little lights on the dashboard mean? Why is it blinking? I don't understand. I know what it is when it's not blinking, but doesn't, if it's blinking, it means something else, right? I remember uh, four or five years ago when we bought our house, our first house, my wife and I and, and uh, Meredith and I, we, uh, we walked into the house. It was, it was gorgeous. It was incredible. There were no pictures on the internet. It was one of those things we'd been rejected five times. We finally found this house. We didn't know what it looked like. I sent pictures to my mom, and they were the old pictures before it had been redone, and she goes, why do you want this house? And, uh, and so we walked in. No pictures. And uh, we walked into the house. Mayor had this kind of just thing. She's got this thing. She knows stuff, and it's, it's, it's frustrating sometimes. And um, in this case, it worked out. We walked in the house, gorgeous, you know, all the stuff in the backyard was so well-kept, flowers, and, you know, all this just amazing. It's like the guy lived in the backyard. Like, the house was the yard. The yard was the house. It was like, that's where he lived. It was beautiful. It was living, and it was all these things. And then I moved in, right? And, uh, and plants have died in the making of this story, you know. Uh, it, is, it is one of those where I'm really good. I'm not even good at this. I'm okay at mowing the lawn. Uh, but when you try to talk to me about how I should cut this and do this and what, like, I don't have a clue. And it's not really my thing. And I don't know why we bought a house that it would have to become my thing for it to stay this pretty. Uh, but it, it ain't that pretty anymore. It's not bad. It's still good. But it's just... It's just not what it was when we moved in because you have to maintain it, right? And then there's this idea of like maintenance that does, it's not sexy. It's not like a fun word. It's not like one of those that's like, hey, man, let's go maintain life. Like that's not like, that's not exciting, you know, uh, but it's, but it is something that's necessary. And maybe I'll use the different words. Anybody ever been a manager? Got any managers in the place? Anybody? Nobody wants to own it because nobody likes managers, right? Nobody, it's like a bad word. Even if you're good at it, it's a bad word. You're the one who has to make the decisions and you got to tell people they're late and all that kind of stuff. You got to schedule people and they don't want to work and all that stuff. And uh, I remember I worked at Dairy Queen. I had a summer job at Dairy Queen. I ate a lot of ice cream. In fact, I probably ate more caramel than ice cream. Ice cream was the excuse to put caramel in and scoop it. And so that's what I did. Caramel, chocolate, we used it all, man. It was fantastic. And I remember, this is just a summer job, and, and it, it ended quickly. But I, I um, some of y'all are really getting a worse view of me today. Like, I'm really just being vulnerable. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember going... Um, I remember coming into work one day at Dairy Queen, and, uh, and, and like something was going on. You could tell just the way things were. The owner was there, which is not, was not normal at the time. And, and I remember asking what was going on. And, and it turns out that one of the managers who has a key to Dairy Queen had some friends who wanted some ice cream. 
So at about 1 o'clock in the morning, they came in and ate all the cookie cakes. You guys know the cookie cakes that were in the fridge at Dairy Queen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ate all the cookie cakes. And, uh, and so he got fired. Um, and they put this other dude in management that had no business being in management, but it was kind of a quick turnaround. And, uh, and so we ended up, like a week later, it was a Sunday afternoon. How many of you know the busiest Dairy Queen gets is Sunday afternoon? Right? That's when all the good Christian folk go eat their lunch, and then on the way home, they grab some ice cream, turn it upside down, and they're good, right? And, and we show up, I show up to work, and you know what we're out of? Ice cream! How do you run out of ice cream at Dairy Queen, right? Like, you think they'd have, like, 1,400 gallons in the back just waiting, it's like nobody goes there for the burgers except that they want to get an ice cream with the burgers so they double up, you know, like, it, unless you like steak fingers. And uh, I'm not sure that's what it is, but it's, it's still good. And, uh, and, 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 and there's no ice cream. And the manager, and I'm telling you, me and a buddy of mine, and I'm not sure he's really a buddy, but we were in this together, you know, sometimes when you're in the trenches. Uh, and we, we literally, we put a sign on the door and left because it was either that or not serve 100 people ice cream. Like every time they pull up to the thing. Hey, yeah, I'd like a Sunday. Yeah, mm -mm. You want a hunger buster? Um, you know. And management's hard too. You know what I'm talking about. But it's interesting because the Bible doesn't actually use either one of those words. And I'll get to why I brought them up in a moment. But the Bible says to live and multiply. It's not a live and maintain. It's not even a live and manage. It's a live and multiply. In fact, you see this in other verses. You see it from the very beginning, Genesis 1. Be fruitful and multiply. You see it later in Genesis 17, I believe. Be fruitful and multiply. I will make your descendants like the... The sand on the seashore. This is, and even in the Great Commission, there's an element of multiplication where it is simply saying this idea that, hey, go and make disciples of what? All nations. There's this very healthy, life-giving part of who we are as believers. There's meant to be this multiplication. There's meant to be this beyond just living it that we would multiply it into the lives of people around us. And I found that it's in the context of multiplication that management and maintenance become healthy. They're not healthy when it's just managing to manage, just to maybe get through the day. It's much healthier and much more exciting when you're doing it with the view of something growing and increasing and multiplying. In fact, in our school of leadership, we talk about this idea that that we, you have to have vision, and if you lose vision, you end up simply maintaining. I don't know, maybe some of us live like that. We are, maybe we're stuck in that place, or maybe we don't even realize it, and what we're simply doing is managing or maintaining what we have rather than going after the multiplication that God so desires for each and every one of us. The multiplying hope, multiplying faith, multiplying belief, as Steve said, multiplying joy, Multiplying people meeting Jesus, multiplying the places that we go seeing Jesus, that we'd simply be people who are fruitful. 
And it's in that context that we understand this. Now, again, I know it says uh, com- he commands us to love. Now, what is kind of happening here is the, the book of Deuteronomy starts with kind of a recap of Israel's history. And then it moves into a, a season of, of reminding them of covenant. And covenant is a heavy word. It's a big word, all, all really focused on relationship. So when I got married, I married into covenant, not contract, covenant. It doesn't have these outs in it. A covenant doesn't have, well, if you, or covenant is about, we are in agreement here, and we've committed myself and you, you to me that we are in this thing together. It really boils down to relationship. What does this relationship look like? And so God has taken, it takes several chapters, in fact, to kind of walk through what that covenant looks like. And then he gets to a place in Deuteronomy 30 where he says some statements like, I've put life and death before you. Choose this day life. So he starts this. I know we started our verse with command, but he starts it with choose this day life or death. Choose this day. And then he commands. It's almost as though he's saying choose life. And then he's going, I command you to love me because life is always started from love. Life is always a product of love. How many of you know when, you're, when relationship's good and you're feeling the love that there seems to be a bit more life in it? That, 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 that our love for people and our love for each other and our love for one another drives us into a place where life happens. I don't know if you know, but there seems to be in our culture a little bit more hate than we would like. And we may not call it that. We, we may describe it other ways. Uh, and maybe hate is a strong word in some instances. But the idea that we would love one another is where we're going to find life in one another and with one another. And it's in the context of multiplying that maintaining makes sense. It's in the context of saying we want to live and multiply. And God actually puts this prerequisite at the beginning of the verse where he says, hey, you're going to live and multiply if you love and obey. If you would love me, then you would multiply. If you would love me, you would live. If you would love me and, and, and put me first and you would pursue me, you would see these things happen. Now, I know some of us, again, we're going, wait, 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 love is a, is a choice. And, and I understand that. And he's still giving them the choice. This is in the context of a choice. It's in the context of you going, choose life. You've got life and death before. You choose one. Choose this day who you're going to serve. Choose this way. What are you going to do? But man, I would command you. I would really admonish you. I would really, really want you, man. If you're my people, love me because I want you to live and multiply. That's what I love about the Bible. So many times we read that first part, man, I command you to love and obey my regulations and my decrees and all this stuff. And we forget the reason for it all is so that you would live and multiply. Multiply is another word. In, in fact, in some translations, you would see the word increase. The, the idea here is that there would be health, health enough that it would grow, health enough that it would begin to um, uh, add to or multiply, health enough that this thing would begin to increase, that we are so healthy that the life in it and the joy in it and the peace in it and the hope in it and the future in it and the vision in it and the love is, is multiplying in our life. That's the desire of God. 
I mean, ultimately, th this is not just about you doing right and wrong. It's about you getting as healthy as you can get. Because when I love him and I obey his decrees and I obey his commands, when I do what he has asked of me to do, when I, when I listen to this thing, what, what actually begins to happen is I get healthier and healthier because I'm forgiving people and I'm long-suffering and I've got the Holy Spirit giving me joy and I'm thankful when it doesn't look good. And even in my troubles and trials, I have joy because he's with me. I will rejoice and rejoice always. I, I, I have an overcomer. I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm believing these things, and so I'm getting healthier and healthier. The whole goal of the Bible, the whole goal of God is that he would restore creation to the point what it was meant for. And so many times we get out of sorts as to what he's trying to get across. He's trying to get across this idea that, man, my desire is that you would be fruitful and you would multiply. That you would increase, that you would grow, that you would not simply maintain, and that you would not simply manage all those. Those things will be necessary if you want to multiply. If I wanted what I had when I bought the house to keep growing, I, need to, I needed to love it, and I needed to obey the things that were necessary to keep it growing. And so in the context of this is God's desire for us as a people is to live and multiply, then I would step back and go, what's the prerequisite? What is the cause? It is to love and obey what God has called me to so that I would see the desire of his heart for me. And so many times we get obsessed with the live and the multiply, and it starts with the love and obey. That to see the live and the multiply, you must, you must, you must really put into place the love and the obedience. Now, again, I'm going to go back to this commanding of love because I don't want this to be oppressive. I don't, but I, I will tell you, just like in any real relationship, any marriage, the, the, the command to love or the commitment to love must outlast the feeling of love. All the husbands and wives are like, yeah, yes, especially right now. <laughs> it was a long morning. Sometimes the feeling isn't there, and that doesn't give us the right, no matter how much culture tells you that feeling is the Trump thing, that feeling is the thing that, that runs top. No, that's, that's not actually true. It, it is the command and the commitment to love my spouse and to love those around me that keep me even when the feeling is a little bit difficult, because how many of you know our feelings are not always consistent? And I've seen people who live according to their feelings. I've been that person before, and I am all over the place no one wants to be around me because on Tuesday I'm this and on Wednesday I'm that and on Thursday and I understand we go through it in our own life and we have to get people around us who would command us and commit us to love but the commitment and the obedience to love has to be present longer than the feeling and in the gaps between feelings and so God's saying I command you to love because I don't want you to leave this up to your feelings or your circumstances or your situations I command you to love me so that when it gets difficult when it gets hard, you will still live and multiply. That even in the tough moments, even in the difficult things, you will still be living and you will still be increasing because it is not about how you're feeling today. It is about what you've been commanded to be today and that is a child of God who listens to their father and goes, okay, what do I got to do today to live in peace and hope and joy and bring life into the world? This interesting, this word live does not just simply mean to draw a breath in a moment, but to draw a breath over time. 
that we would live. It's almost a long-standing word. It is this idea that you would live and keep living. It's almost a generational word. If he was just to simply say, hey, I want you to live and multiply, it doesn't just mean like, okay, take one breath and you're done. We're going to move on to the next one. No, it's this idea that you would live and keep living and keep living and keep living and maintaining life and managing life and growing in life. And then it would begin to multiply beyond you because God is not just about the life in you. It's about the overflowing life in you, the river of living water out of you, that you would be life to those around you. It is a multiplication thing. This faith is a multiplication thing. It is a multiplying faith. It is one that is meant to be something that works its way into our life in such a way that it begins to be found and, and, and frees up other people. And that's hard. I, that's the thing. Like, addition's easy. You know, I, I, I could do addition. Like, that's cool. I mean, even the big numbers don't scare me. Just give me a second. I'll get it. I'll knock it out. But you throw at me two big numbers and try to multiply them, I mean, no, that's a little more difficult. And that's, that's kind of the challenge here. The multiplication might not be as easy. It might cause you to have to sit down and really think about it. It might cause you to have to get some people around you. It might, it might cause you to have to take some steps you've never taken. It might cause you to have to pray about people that you don't like praying about because you're not sure you like them very much. And it might cause you to have to do some things in your life that are a bit more challenging than normal but will bring about a fruitfulness and a multiplication for them that makes them all of a sudden likable. And now you were forgiven. And now there's grace in the midst of you. And now there's life in the midst of you. And there's hope. And there's a future. And there's joy. Because you're living. And that's what's being multiplied. I found that too many times in my life I let certain things get multiplied that have no business. Have no business increasing. Have no business growing. Have no business adding to. or Nothing. It, it, doesn't, it shouldn't be there. Man, I want to choose to multiply life, but it starts with love. It starts with us being willing to love. And love and obey comes before live and multiply. And I know that, that's like, that, that can be sometimes a hard thing to hear. Wait, i got to do what he says, and then I'm going to see. Yeah, no, that's how it works. It doesn't change whether he loves you. Again, these are God's chosen people. This is this, is this idea that he's, he's already chosen them. He's already shown them his love. He's already shown up for them in so many different ways. And, and, and he's called them his people even when they've messed up. I am the Lord your God. He is, he is a ownership. He is a declaring that he loves them and he is in relationship with them. Even in the toughest moments, even when the greatest disobedience, there's this, this, this declaration by God that you are still my people. And so this is not this idea that you better love him or he's not going to love you. This idea that you better love him so you can live. So you can live. So you can have life in your lungs. So you can have breath. So you can, you can have a vision for your life. That, that there can be health in you. And that you can begin to sort out some of these things that you haven't sorted out quite yet. That, that you begin to drop some of those things. That you can begin to let go of some of the pains and the hurts and the offenses and the negative stuff. And, and you can begin to walk in the purposes of God. That you would live and Multiply. Now, the thing about multiplication is nothing multiplies without intimacy. Nothing multiplies without intimacy. Multiplication requires intimacy, meaning that you have to bring something close. That, you know, I don't know about you. How many of you guys have really good friends that you've never talked anything serious about? Yeah, if you, yeah. How many of you got some friends that you really have talked some serious things and they're your better friends? 
You know what I'm talking about? There are people, you know, and listen, and, and too many of us are really good at having like good friends who kind of talk about stuff, and that's about where it stops, right? And you don't know if you should call them when stuff goes bad, because you've never talked about anything that has any real depth to it. But the people you talk, when you get honest, when you sit somebody down, you have, you know, you, you, you call them late at night because just something went down. Or you, those people who've been through the toughest moments with you, those people who've been through the most difficult moments with you, somehow when you've been the most vulnerable with them and you've been the most honest with them, for some reason those people are the people that you have a greater degree of trust in and a greater degree of relationship with. And your relationship multiplied because you were intimate in a place where you, you hadn't been before. This idea that, that we can somehow multiply something that is not close to our heart or filling our heart is, is not a concept that's in the Bible. And the truth is, until we are, and this is why, you know, we had made a joke in a production meeting right before service. Uh, it was, I think it was actually this guy. And uh, Brandon White, one of the best. He's here in church this morning. Kim is home with their third little baby girl, Reese. Amazing. But... Um, <laughs> That's a great illustration, actually, just throughout there. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But he goes, intimacy is into me, I see. Every marriage counselor probably says that one. And he was, he was kind of just jabbing at me. But the idea that we have to understand that you will not see the fruitfulness of relationship and the fruitfulness of what people want in you and what you want in people or the fruitfulness of what God desires in you until you're willing to love him so much and he's already loved you so much. That, that we would be so intimate that we'd begin to multiply the things God puts in us. That we'd be fruitful and multiply. I don't, I don't know where you're at in your life. Maybe you've spent the last several years living and managing. Maybe you, you've spent the last several years uh, living and, and, and maintaining. And some of you maybe have some things stirring in your heart that, man, you have a desire, you have a hope and a want and and it doesn't all, listen, I'm not telling you that everything's just going to be easy. That, that nothing about what he says here is necessarily going to be easy. But I think the point here is get in relationship with me, and even when it's hard, I'm going to continue to grow in you and continue to push you into a place and pull you into a place where you're living and you're multiplying. I want to be a church that doesn't just live and manage. I want to be a church that doesn't just live and maintain. I mean, the interesting thing here is that God's not speaking to dead people. He's not talking to a bunch of people who can't hear because they're dead. He's talking to living people and telling them so that you will live. Isn't that an interesting thing? Almost as though God has a higher view of your life than you do. Almost as though God has a bigger belief about your life than you do. Almost as though he believes that the breath you're breathing is actually bigger than you think it is. Holds more value than you ever thought. That there is more to it than you ever believed. And no matter what anyone says about you or does to you or what you've said or what you've done to people, that God still loves you and he wants you to love him so that you guys can be in covenant. And in that covenant, you've chosen life and you will begin to multiply the life that he desires for you and that everything about you will be more than he ever, more than you ever dreamed because he is involved. He wants to multiply. And again, I love it because the multiplication word is not really just about us. I want to be a church that is multiplying because I believe there are people all around this city, just like the people in this room, who need to know that Jesus is for them, with them, that need to know that God is their Savior, that God has given everything for them. There's people 
right now, driving up and down university, heading to brunch. There are people heading to work, not really sure that this is really going to do any good to pay down their debt or deal with uh, all the problems that they're going through. They're single parent dealing with their kids or the, 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 the people who are dealing with maybe divorce or it's heading that way or people who just can't get out of their own minds and are just beating themselves up every single day thinking that they're not worth something or they don't count for something or that somehow their breath isn't worth anything. And I think we need to be a church that sees Jesus on every street and in every heart and looks them in the eye and says, hey man, I, hey, hey, I just want you to know God's called you to live. And in living, he's called you to multiply. And if, if you just walk into his love, and you love him back, and you surrender your life to him, and you give your heart to him, and he'd begin to do some things in your life. And it may take some time because he's working on you before he works on this. Or maybe he's working on this, and it's just a little bit of time before it's going to click in. But that he is with you. I want to be a church that multiplies. I don't know if you do, but I do. I want to be a church because we love God and we, because of that we love people. We begin to see Jesus multiply in the places we go and the people we meet. I want you to bow your head. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I really, really do. On one hand, this is a message for us as a person. Uh, some of us have just managed and that's not necessarily bad we've, we've got to maintain things we've got to manage certain things and, and so that all makes sense but God maybe for some of us that's all we've done in other words we we have lost the vision for what you want to do and shape in us the freedom we talked about last week the freedom you want for us the the relationship you desire for us the the new set of beliefs and thoughts and dreams you want to put in our hearts and we've managed we want to stop managing just to manage. We want to start managing because we're multiplying. We want to start maintaining stuff because we want to see it grow and increase. God, I pray you'd put a vision in our hearts. And for the other side of this is that it's a message for not just the person, but the people. The people of C3 Fort Worth. That we would take in upon ourselves and say, you know what? This is a life that people need. This is a hope that people need. This is a joy. And even while it is not perfected in me yet, I find it on a daily basis as the Holy Spirit begins to produce fruit in my life and in us and through us. We hear stories like Matt Mullen last week. God, I, I want that kind of a story multiplied in the city of Fort Worth. And you're going to do it as this church right here loves and obeys you. That we love you. That we give our life to you. And then in that we begin to live with an obedience or live with a, a simple hearing and doing that begins to bring life into the world. That begins to bring hope into the earth. We begin to see heaven. We begin to see Jesus. And so, to all of you listening, I would say this, and I would ask you this. Two questions. One, will you live and multiply as a person? Where are the places you want to multiply in your life? What are the things, the joy, maybe it's vision, maybe it's hope, maybe it's just strength. Maybe it's just getting a dream back. Maybe you want to multiply some relationships. You want to see your relationships go to a new level. You want to see the relationships go to a new place of encouragement and hope and joy. 
you, you, you want to see yourself inspire people. You want to see yourself multiplying people. Even in the midst of things that aren't always perfect for you, you're going to continue to walk in purpose. And the second question is, would you as a church commit to going, you know what? I want to multiply the community of faith that we have right here. I want to multiply this because I believe there are people who need to sit around the table with us at dinner parties and, and join us in rows on Sundays and then meet throughout the week and, and find out what it is to live life in community and live life in relationship. I want to multiply the people meeting Jesus and seeing Jesus. I, I want to multiply in my workplace. I want to multiply in my neighborhood. I want to multiply... Every Sunday, every weekend, I want to see new people meeting Jesus. Every Monday afternoon, people meeting Jesus. Every Thursday morning, people meeting Jesus. God, I, I pray that as a church, we would begin to take on this city and see this city and that we would not just simply live and multiply and be blessed as a person, but as we would enter and possess a city, we would see you multiplied in that place. But it starts, probably starts personally it starts with me it starts with us that we would as a person take on this commitment take on this desire take on this mindset of multiplication I want to just pray for those of you that I would say that's me I want I want to I want to stop simply managing to manage just to get by I want to stop just maintaining some life I want to see it multiply I want to see it growing I want to see it in my kids, or I want to see it in my friends, or I want to see it in, uh, in my classroom, and I want to see it in my workplace, and I want to see it in my neighborhood. I want to see my life, who I am, multiplied. I want to see what God's doing in me multiplied. I, I want to see the living multiplied. I want to see life overflowing. I want to see it increasing. God, I, that's what I desire. I want to stop just maintaining. And so I'm going to ask you to surrender your life to Him. So for some of you, this might be a very first time kind of step. For others, it might be one of these things that you're, you're making a decision again. And God takes it all. If you've been maintaining and managing without the view of multiplying, and you want to go to a new place of living and multiplying, I'm going to ask you to make a decision today to love and obey, to surrender your life to Him. If that's you this morning, would you just boldly and courageously raise your hand right now, and I want to pray with you. Anybody in this morning, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else to say, I want to... I want to live and multiply. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down after you've raised it. Thank you. Anybody else want to do that right now? We're going to pray. And then we're going to stand as a church and we're going to pray into living and multiplying. Lord, I pray over every person. I pray you bless them. Every single person who just raised their hand. God, I pray that you would give them life. That you would show up in new ways. God, that they are not made simply to maintain and manage. They are made to multiply, to be fruitful. God, I pray you bring a new level of fruitfulness as they, as they commit their hearts to you. Not always be easy, will not always be perfect, but as they surrender themselves to you, you are faithful, God, to show up in their world. So I pray you do that, Holy Spirit, in new ways, in fresh ways, in Jesus' name. Would you stand up as a church, and we're going to just pray over this right now. I want to pray over living and multiplying as a church living and multiplying as a church. Would you just lift your hands to heaven? God, I pray right now. Come on, pray with me. Believe with me. God, that we would see this house and this place multiply, not for the sake of filling it, but for the sake of growing people 
of loving people, of serving people, of seeing people talk about freedom that they've never had before, of hearing people talk about encouragement they've never heard before, of people going, oh, this Jesus, this Jesus, I didn't know that's who he was. I can give my life to him. I can see him. I can believe in him. I can trust him. I can go with him. So God, I pray that we as a church, every one of us would be bold and courageous. We'd be people who would speak about our faith in you, about the things you have done. God, that we would be uh, aware of people, that we would see people who are needing your grace and your mercy. God, that we would multiply faith in our places we go, that we would multiply hope in the people we meet, that we would multiply grace and love and joy in every street and every heart as we move out of this place in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. God, as we worship, Lord, seal this thing in our heart. Let us walk out of this place with a living and multiplying mindset that we would grow in you and we would see people set free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let's sing together.